0: Welcome, traders and friends. I'm Alisa Levinson, and this is Are You Green? A daily review of the New York Stock Exchange with top news, top movers, and insights into my personal swing trading. Today is January 14th, 2021 and it has been a busy day. There is so much news today. I just can't even believe it. Hopefully this won't be too long of an episode. The S&P 500 previous close was 379.79. It's now around 379.90. It's green, but it's been pretty flat. The XLK technology sector previous close was 129.88. It's now below 129.29. So the technology sector is red today. And now the question everybody wants to know, are you green in my personal trading accounts? Yes, I am green. I had a, a couple of fills and sold out of OSTK finally at those higher levels. And then I also closed out of a longer term swing with Beyond Meat, B-Y-N-D. I bought Laser. I bought into a couple of other things. So I was also busy, but we do have a lot of top news. So after the break, we're going to go into the new unemployment claims the new stimulus plan that is coming in from President-elect Biden any moment this afternoon, really. We have a vaccine update. And most importantly, I'm going to break down the comments that Federal Reserve Chair Powell said today from a short Q&A. He talked about the economy, interest rates, and inflation. So I'm going to talk about what his comments are really saying about the economy and those items. And lastly, did you end up taking any money, alone or withdrawal from your 401k well it turns out that six and ten Americans did and so we're gonna talk about that as well so stay tuned Our first story today is around unemployment claims. They have gone up over 20% in January so far, from 181,000 to 965,000. It is common to have a little bit of an increase in unemployment after the holidays, but this is really a surge, and it's mostly due to a lot of business closures. Although we're seeing unemployment go up around the country for a variety of reasons, reasons, all of them are tied back to the pandemic. And that brings us to our most important story to track and that's the vaccination because in order for our economy to recover, in order for this pandemic to end, we need to be vaccinated. So we did hit another exciting milestone today with 11 million vaccinated. They are trying to roll these out as fast as possible. Keep in mind that this vaccination, it's going to be like your flu shot. It's going to be year after year. We're going to have to be COVID vaccinated just like people take the flu shot. So these vaccine companies aren't going away anytime soon. They're all continuing to produce as quickly as possible. We also have other vaccines that are still in production. We received positive news today from Johnson & Johnson about their initial vaccine data, but they still have a while to go with trials, etc. But we need those vaccines. And finally today, we had some news around stimulus. I was just excited to hear that people were talking about a stimulus package, and this is due to President-elect announcing that he is going to be releasing his rescue package this afternoon. We're still waiting for the exact details of that package. I wanted to go ahead and record this anyways, because we did get some initial data. It's going to include a direct check to the American people. at least $1,700 to $2,000 for that full check amount. It's also going to include funding for vaccine distribution. It's going to include funding to schools, funding to states, and local aid, which is essential. I feel like the states and the local aid were really skipped in the previous rounds, so I'm glad that is a priority. And then it's also going to include funding for contact tracing. So on the one hand, you're fighting the virus with vaccine, and then on the other hand, you're reducing super spreading incidences with contact tracing so it sounds like a great plan the problem of course is money guys it's always about the money the price is going to be at least one to two trillion who knows how long and if this will get passed through congress but we're gonna keep up to date and see what happens here In the meantime, people are still struggling through the pandemic, and this includes people across all of the socioeconomic status because 60% of Americans did withdraw or loan money from their 401k accounts during this pandemic. First of all, if Americans have this 401k, it does place them on a different level than most of Americans who are on a lower, lower economic scale and truly just living from day to day with absolutely no savings or retirement. So I do want to mention that this is something that has only really affected the privileged group that has a 401k account, especially when we look into these details. So 32% withdrew $75,000 from their account and 58% that took loans borrowed $50,000 or more. So obviously you have to have that money in your account in order to borrow from it, right? Well, if you're out there and you're thinking, damn, that's a lot of money in general, that they had in their 401k keep in mind the average 401k is $8,000 I think mine's only like 7,000 so I'm a little bit below average and that's okay because of my age these participants were age 45 to 75 so they're very far along in their financial career they are also people who opted in to provide more money to their 401k in the 80s and 90s um, when they were making more money in their careers so keep Keep all of that in mind. A majority of this, over 60%, went into personal living expenses, with most of that covering housing and medical expenses. That is very jarring in this situation, It's to think about all of those people who are pretty well off and needed to withdraw money for medical help. So just think of all of the people who didn't have that money to withdraw for their medical help, because it's millions out there, I guarantee it these moves were done because you can take money out of these accounts without any penalty. So normally there is a penalty, a percentage that they take when you withdraw because of the pandemic, this was eliminated. So some people took money out of their accounts and put it into the stock market. I know that was something I considered. In the end, I'm glad I'm keeping my money in my 401k, but it is something interesting to think about. Hopefully those out there who are thinking about taking money from their 401k don't have to because our economy is going to recover very soon. At least that's what we're all thinking. I was relieved to hear a question and answer session with Federal Reserve Chair Powell. It is tough sometimes to quickly assess what he is saying and how it's gonna have an overall impact on our economy and more specifically to individual investors. So I did wanna kind of break down a few things that he talked about. First most important thing he addressed was his inflation policy. He was asked a question about this because he did go on record and say that they are working on a flexible inflation targeting policy. He's basically saying that they are aiming for 2% inflation and they're expecting that year over year, but they're not tied to one particular formula. Another reason why he's talking about this is because high inflation concerns have been raging right now in the investing and financial community. So he is addressing those issues and he does say that if inflation is above 2% for for a little bit, do not panic that they do have mechanisms in place and it will balance back out to that 2% rates. His other huge point was around interest rates. He had a few different things to say about not raising the interest rate. So first, overall, most important to note, he is not raising the interest rates anytime soon. He said, quote, no time soon. So don't worry about that. He also explained a few things about unemployment. So first, he's not raising the interest rates until unemployment goes down. He's also not going to raise interest rate just because that happens. Happens. So when we do see an unemployment lowering, don't think that that automatically means more higher interest rates because he's saying no. He's also saying that he's not going to raise the interest rates just to ward off potential theoretical inflationary threat, which is what a lot of people have just been kind of gossiping about, that this might happen, inflation might rise, and then he's going to boost up interest rates. So overall, with all of these scenarios in mind, he is not. Not raising the interest rates. There was concern that was brought up about pent-up demand and expecting that spending will increase and then of course inflation will rise towards the end of the year. I loved how he addressed this and said that he is not concerned at all. First thing to note is how large this effect is going to be and then how long it will actually last. He mentioned that even if there's a very strong economy in the second half of our year and this creates spending, this is only going to be a good thing because there's enough slack in the labor force so that jobs can be filled and it will again be a temporary measure. And even if inflation goes up, they have all of the tools in place to very easily and quickly fix a raising inflation rate. I did find it interesting to note that he said too low of inflation is a larger problem because that is very difficult to fix and also hard to fix quickly. He also reassured us by explaining that the Federal Reserve is constantly running stimulation stress tests and those are going through the possible scenarios and moves in our economy and how the Federal Reserve will continue to react. For those of you who are not economy nerds like myself, just keep in mind that the economy is actually a very well-balanced mechanism. The Federal Reserve, as well as our government, they have a few tools to influence this balance to basically make sure that the economy is as steady as possible for the individual citizens of the country. So that's really what he's talking about when he's saying that they really want to aim for a 2% inflation rate and how they're closely monitoring to balance out these types of situations, etc. cetera, right? So then he got asked a very interesting question comparing the 2020 pandemic crash to the 2008 financial crisis. He most importantly noted that those two instances are incredibly different basically saying that the 2008 financial crisis was completely different. It was specific to banking and housing sectors that got hit that eventually trickled down and affected everyone. It also was set up to be a very long and painful recovery. And at the beginning of 2020, the economy was doing great. The economy was growing and building, and that type of growth was looked to be sustainable and was expected to continue. Then what happened was really similar to a natural disaster. And our financial policy responded as soon as possible. It's pretty evident that overall we were pretty late to respond to the COVID-19 virus, but from an economic standpoint, the crash that we saw rebounded very quickly, and that's because our Federal Reserve snapped into action with monetary policy and then relied on our government to pass fiscal policy. And it was really good that they did pass that first CARES Act as as soon as they could. And in general, when you zoom out and look at the situation, both of these entities were pretty swift to act. And that's what Powell said, and I do agree. He did mention a few times throughout the discussion how much he has no effect on fiscal policy. And a lot of times, we do need fiscal policy and we need that action more than anything that he can do on the monetary policy side. So that kind of goes into the balancing act that is always happening with the economy. Although you do have the Federal Reserve handling monetary policy, policy, loans, interest rates, bonds, and they're trying to control as much as they can on their side, cash flow, and more. You also have the government looking at the fiscal policy, and that's really where the responsibility comes for equity. We're looking to our government to help us equally recover from this disaster together. So I am feeling very motivated by what Powell said, as well as the impending plans from President-elect Biden. So hopefully we'll see some stimulus in 2021 and get that rebound that everyone is expecting. Now that we're talking about high expectations, it's only perfect that we move into IPOs. Today, uh, Petco launched and they're up like 60% from their initial public offering. A lot of people have said that it's a little ridiculous that they're up that high considering how terrible they did in 2020 with their profit. We also had Poshmark, that's P-O-S-H, come out on the market. They were priced at $42 and opened at 97.50. So obviously over 100% there. I'm going to be watching posh just like a firm and these others to see if there's any really good emotional dips in the next few weeks that I can buy from and watching that MACD indicator to see how the trends are doing. For the top movers today, we had the rocket industry. I found this news to be exciting with the successful launch of a Blue Origin rocket. This rocket was incredible because it had a little dummy in there to represent a human on board. And they are testing this rocket and the trajectory for future space tours. Oh my goodness! I would love. To do a space tour, that would be so amazing. Obviously, this is going to be for like millionaires and the likes, but with the space industry growing very quickly, who knows what's to come in the future. Kathy Woods, a very, very well-known investor with ARK, is actually planning to launch a space ETF. I know that she's an incredible investor, and I would be interested in buying this. It's going to be under the ticker ARKX, so I'm going to watch when that comes out. We also had a 6% gain for UFO. That's the current space ETF that's out there, and I don't like this one as much because it does have some of the older companies like Comcast where they thought you know maybe communications would be in play with some of these space companies, but... I don't know. It it doesn't have anything that's really hot. Speaking of the space companies that were hot today, you had Virgin Galactic up 19%, Viasat up 10%, and Iridium, which is a satellite company, was up almost 8% today. So great day for rockets. It was also a good day for chips and the semiconductors. Obviously, Intel is up, still soaring from the news from yesterday. AMD was up. And overall, we saw the semiconductor chips up 65.96% today. Since the market was green, we didn't have that many notable losers other than Snap, which was down 7%, along with the other social media companies still falling, like Facebook down over 2% today, and Twitter down over 3% today. And that goes into my personal trades today because I did start a swing trade with Twitter. I had a lot of buys and sells today, and I think I'm just gonna go over them tomorrow because of how long and how busy. Of a news day we had. So, coming up tomorrow, tune in to hear what I sold Beyond Meat at, what I sold for my last overstock. I sold Phantom Pharmaceuticals. By the way, I'm letting you guys know I sold these ones in case you're trading along with me so you know. And then I entered into a new swing trade with ATT. I entered into a new swing trade with Twitter. I already said that. I bought a little bit more of PayX. That's P A Y X. I added more that swing. And then I started a new swing with Laser L-A-Z-R, Luminaire Technologies. So check in tomorrow to hear my buys and sells and my profits from those trades today. Hopefully we'll have a little less news tomorrow so we can look at those trades. Since tomorrow is Friday, I'll also be going over my charts and streaming live from YouTube at 12 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. So make sure to check that out and until then, plan your trade and trade your plan.